This week's episode is brought to you by GN Ferrara Certified Public Accountants and Consultants. In today's economy, you need a roadmap. Let GN Ferraris help you navigate through and stay financially secure. There are things happening that are really interesting at the moment. For example, try and find something to rent on the North Fork. Everything is taken. There's virtually, I'd say that, you know, the housing vacancy index right now is as low as it's ever been. And it's off season still. Every uh, habitation space that's available is being taken by folks that are fleeing the city. All of the second homes are occupied. The condominiums on Fifth Street, they're all lit up. We're going to experience a population growth, I think at least in the short term. They'll have consumer needs. How to satisfy them, what their preferences are going to be, that's, you know, that's the challenge. That was former Greenport Mayor Dave Capel speaking earlier this spring, and you're listening to The Reopen. This week, local real estate professionals, elected officials, and a private school director on the reopening of real estate and how people escaping New York City during the COVID-19 pandemic might shift things on the North Fork in the immediate, near, and perhaps even distant future. The rental market is soaring. Residential houses, even during the shutdown, are flipping. Prices are increasing. School enrollment is expected to be up. Could this flight from NYC be a big key to unlocking the economy as we begin to reopen from the shutdown? We'll ask that question and more today. I'm Graham Parpan, and this is episode four of The Reopen. I'm seeing pandemic pricing, you know, so we're seeing as far as rentals go, they're they're on the high side historically of where they've ever been, and they're being absorbed into the market. We have people that were so interested in finding a rental and can't find a rental. So they're calling for sale listings and they're calling the brokers and even homeowners sometimes directly and saying, hey, listen, I'm looking for a rental. Your house is on the market. Can I rent it while you're trying to sell it? That's Tom McCarthy of Thomas J. McCarthy Real Estate commenting on the exploding rental market on the North Fork. Like Mr. Capel of Capel Real Estate in Greenport, he's one of several real estate professionals we've spoken to since we began this project several weeks back about the positive impacts of COVID-19 on the North Fork market. As Mr. Capel explained at the top of this episode, that's largely due to residents of New York City, the epicenter for COVID-19 in America, looking for a place to lay low during months of quarantine. Here's Sherry Winter Parker of Corcoran sharing something she's seen that shows just how desperate people are to enter the North Fork market. I have people that um, were in contract on things that they were able to get out of contract on in Manhattan so that they can come out here. Ms. Parker explains there's four different factors she's seeing. So people that have had homes out here um, are coming out and spending more time and they're realizing that they need more space. So they're selling and then buying up. There are people that have been wanting just have to get out of the city and they're dying to leave and they just are looking for like a rental, right? So there, there's that. And then of course, all the good rentals go so fast with pools and stuff. But this rental market was absolutely insane. There's like barely any product. And then there's the people that also, instead of going for rental, decided to buy. They're like, you know what? If I was going to do that, I might as well just buy because I was on the fence anyway. 
And then the on the fence people that we're going to buy are like scrambling to buy right now. So things are going for like, you know, either over ask, there's some bidding wars happening or at least at ask. But definitely the people that were on the fence are definitely making moves. And some the people that were thinking of renting when they couldn't find anything and the rents are really competitive and people aren't really negotiating on their rent. So they're like, well, you know, I could just put that money towards a buy. So they're buying. Mr. McCarthy had a similar read on the market. I get several dozen calls a week from people looking to buy into the marketplace. Uh, some that are um, have a different idea of what's going on in the marketplace. I've, I've had conversations with folks in Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens and Westchester, and some of them quite surprisingly said, well, you know, we're in a pandemic, so prices are down. It's a good time for me to buy. And I had to kind of reorient their thinking. Um, where they're coming from is a good time to buy, but on the North Fork, you know, inventory is low and prices are up. So there, there is a lot of demand. I definitely see that happening, but I see it happening in, in the Hamptons. And I also see it happening in the Hudson Valley region. I see it happening uh, Catskills. I see uh, Connecticut, you know, definitely places that are easy enough to access from, you know, from the tri-state area are all increasing. Mr. McCarthy explained for us how realtors were forced to operate before phase two of the New York Forward Plan opened things back up more and how that may have actually been a positive for sellers. Everyone has a little bit of a different take on it, whether you can be on the property, whether you can't be on the property. Um, There are COVID disclosures that need to be signed by the parties to a transaction, the transaction just even being the showing. Um, So what normally has happened here is you get your COVID disclosure signed and the listing agent would go to the property uh, with the homeowner not being there, the property being vacant, and uh, open it up and turn the lights on. And then the buyer would come along unaccompanied by their broker or agent and they would view the property on their own and then they would leave the property. And at that time, the listing agent would come back and, and close it up. There are some sellers who have prohibited showings and just said, hey, only exterior showings only. And that has evolved actually into something interesting that's going on saying, okay, take, go do an exterior showing, go walk around the house, you can't come in, put an offer on the property. And once you get to an offer that's acceptable by the seller, then and only then will they allow you to come in and inspect it. And that strategy has worked out you know, to the best interest of many sellers because they've received multiple offers. So properties that are being sought out, they're getting multiple offers and the prices are going up and some are selling for over the asking price. Inventory is down over 25% from where it was uh, at this point last year. So the inventory is down, although sales are continuing to move along. The sellers are really, really in a driver's seat uh, when it comes to the inventory and how they choose to go about selling their homes. Ms. Parker said she doesn't expect the people moving out here, whether renting or buying a second home, spending any less time here anytime soon. They're going to either stay here or they're going to expand the time that they spend here. Absolutely. Because I think what's happened with this is that every company has seen that they can make it work with their employees not having to come into the bricks and mortar, the offices. I think that's something that we're going to see sort of expand in a real way, like in real time too. And, and I think that people are, are concerned about the fall and the winter with what they're expecting, potentially it being far worse than we, we've already experienced. Um, so I think a lot of people are really planning ahead as well. 
which begs the question of what this all means for local schools. The topic came up at a recent meeting of the Southhold Board of Education. It might be kind of hard to hear, so I'll translate for you. That's school board president Paulette Ofrias, who is mentioning a possible boost in enrollment due to people who have moved to the area. Superintendent David Gamberg chimes in. That I hear uh, informally out and about people seeing people, more people around, people that otherwise see. Mr. McCarthy also mentioned that recent phenomenon of seeing strangers where you might ordinarily spot familiar faces. I happen to live in Southhold. Um, And as I come and go from my home or travel the streets of the town, I see so many unfamiliar faces walking, jogging, riding bikes, and pushing kids in strollers. Those are folks that, and I'm very familiar with my neighborhood, there's just very unfamiliar faces that might have, you know, taken a rental or bought a house because of what's going on. I've been answering questions about school districts, and I haven't answered questions about school districts for people coming into our community for the last 15 years. As public school officials are still navigating through the 2019-20 school year that forced them to adopt distance learning, they say it's still too early to tell if enrollment will be up in 2020-21. So we reached out to Elizabeth Casey Searle, co-executive director of Pecona Community School, a private elementary school in Aquabog, serving children from across the East End, to hear what she's experiencing. We wondered about urban flight, and then we didn't have to wonder anymore. It's happening. It's very, very real. I'm hearing from about a dozen families who have made the move out here from Riverhead to Greenport and every town in between and are looking for a school. And oftentimes they're coming from schools that were similar to ours in uh, New York City, sort of these progressive independent schools that are of similar philosophies and approaches to ours. So we are, we are seeing that. So what does that mean for the school? The sad reality is that we're also losing families because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. Reality is that some families are experiencing job loss or financial changes in their in their lives. And so we will be we have already lost some families. So we have room to to grow and to add some of these new these new folks who are out here. Unlike Riverhead, where an influx of new, mainly Hispanic students have led to a population and capacity issue, public schools in South Hall Town have seen a drop in enrollment due to what is often referred to as the brain drain, a mass exodus of young working people to other parts of the state and country. Town Supervisor Scott Russell said if more young families are moving to South Hall, that's a good thing. If we're seeing an increase in families that are moving to Southall to live here year-round and we see students in the school district and we see younger people locating in Southall, uh, that's all positive. And, uh, I don't see that as a downside. Uh, it's probably a misnomer to think that more students are going to equal higher taxes. Uh, most of the infrastructure in, in schools and, um, and in personnel is already in place. I'm sure every one of them will tell you they could probably absorb more students students uh, into the districts without having profound effects on their budgets. And remember what Mr. Capel and Mr. McCarthy were saying about rentals at the top of the podcast? Mr. Russell said he's seen that too. Uh, We've seen a huge influx of applications to rent houses that have historically not been rented. I think there's a couple of reasons. There's a um, a, a real uh, demand to come out uh, to Southold and escape the city and the restrictions there and, and the public health concerns there. Uh, also, it's a very robust rental market. Um, every year, summer rental costs have gone up really dramatically.
dramatically, but this year in particular, they've absolutely skyrocketed. Property owners or, or, or homeowners uh, see that as an opportunity, it's financial opportunity. So what does this all mean for local businesses as they try to rebound from months of being shut down or having to operate with restrictions, many of which remain in some capacity? There's a good side, there's a downside. The good side is it brings more of a customer base out as the business businesses are allowed to open uh, and that gets rolled out. The downside is is that we are also trying to, uh, we're in the people management business right now. We're, we're trying to maintain social distancing. We're trying to make, you know, do all of those things. And the more people you squeeze into that smaller area, the more difficult that becomes. It's going to be a balancing act moving forward. Mr. McCarthy agreed. I don't know what the new normal is going to be. Are people going to be more comfortable with eating at home, let's say, on the restaurant side and, and not have the need to go out as much? Uh, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, laid off and they don't necessarily have, you know, that disposable income. So I think that there's somewhat of a shift even in the mentality of the consumer. I would certainly hope they get out and start spending money. We're, we're seeing it, you know, with uh, inquiries into homes and rentals. I hope it goes through the rest of the community as well and can sustain the businesses that need it so much. I'm not sure how fine dining will be versus casual dining. I don't know how we'll be affected by maybe transient spaces. Are, the, are people going to be comfortable going to a bed and breakfast or are they going to have some reluctance? Uh, they're going to be comfortable going to a motel, not knowing you know, who was in that room the night before. So I think that there's going to be some a lot of caution out there for the time to come until you know, things settle down a little bit and perhaps we learn a little bit more about the virus or there's a vaccine. And, but I think there's still a lot of apprehension. However, Ms. Parker noted that businesses have already had to adjust and many seem to be finding a way. One way they've done that is by reaching some of the new population out here. That new population that's coming out here um, or, or planting themselves sort of right, like camping out here, you, the new norm has changed, right? So these businesses, even like, you know, personal trainers are training like through video and stuff. I mean, people have had to adjust and, and it's been sort of embraced really. And they've been able to keep their businesses going because of, of these adjustments. So yeah, to reach these people, they're definitely going to have to continue to be flexible in terms of how they, they meet their, the, the, the public's demand. Mr. McCarthy added that anytime you see growth in the real estate market, it's usually good for the overall economy. I believe that real estate and construction is a main economic driver on the North Fork. If we can get people into these houses, they're hiring contractors to improve the houses. They're buying furniture. They're buying home goods. They're stocking their shelves. They're doing all sorts of stuff. So the, the, the benefit that comes from one sale um, is in the multiple tens of thousands of dollars to the community for when that house turns over um, for the dollars that are spent you know, within the community and also outside the community in order to get that place up to the liking of the new homeowner. So we see a, a big benefit by opening up real estate and those dollars should help trickle down into the economy. Next time on The Reopen, we'll take a look at how restaurants and wineries are faring in Phase 2. The Reopen is a product of Times Review Media Group. Read the stories each week in the Riverhead News Review and the Suffolk Times. The podcast is written, hosted, and mixed by me, Grant Parpan. This week's episode also featured interviews by Steve Wick and Tara Smith. The opening music by Admiral Bob 77 was sourced through CC Mixter. Additional songs licensed through Audioblocks. Blocks.